0: Channel Hopping. Channel Hopping with Kerry Jones. ready for departure. Welcome to our very occasional series of reports from interesting radio stations around the world. Today, the station that meets some of its running costs by selling sausage eight sarnies. Eight it was radio station 5 kicks FM.
1: Young
0: girl. I'm on beautiful Kangaroo Island. This remote, fairly upmarket and outdoorsy South Australia tourism destination lies 70 miles or a 20 minute flight from Adelaide. The island is large, 93 miles long and 35 wide. Much of the landmass is a national park consisting of bush, beaches and cliffs. The wilderness is home to rare sea lions, wallabies, kangaroos and koalas. Since 1975, 5KIXFM has served Kangaroo Island using three kilowatts of power. This community station airs live programming for between three and ten hours each day. A shuffled playlist is loaded onto the virtual DJ software to fill unattended hours. When you scan the FM dial on the portable travel radio, you won't receive another radio station. Flick over onto AM, though, and the ABC local station for Adelaide, a bit like a BBC local, booms across the stretch of water that the ferries also traverse to link KI to the
1: mainland. (laughs) Adelaide. On 891 AM, digital radio and the ABC radio app. Adelaide. (laughs) This is ABC radio Adelaide. Our car radio picks up um, Adelaide stations, but um, but in in the home and as you say in portable uh, devices, it's not so easy to do. In this bulletin, cyber attacks another pressure point between Russia and the West. This is ABC News with Wendy Glamechek. Good morning. Priscilla
0: Thomas is a board member of this station and each week she makes a two-hour round trip from her isolated island farm to the small studio contained in the single-storey, cream-and-teal-painted building in the centre of the island's main settlement, Kingscote.
1: Really, the island can only manage one radio station. It's it's much too small to be able to sustain anything, in fact, other than a community radio station. Can't, you know, couldn't um, sustain a commercial station here, and really just the one. Everything is kind of concentrated in Kingscote really. It was Radio Station 5 Kix FM and we we a completely not for profit (laughs) we're sometimes you know in the red station but we do manage to keep ourselves going through a whole variety of fundraising activities yeah
0: Is anybody paid to manage the station?
1: No, we've got some volunteers who put in an awful lot of work, Um, the program coordinator for example is here every day on a volunteer basis and the president of the station is that he's actually a film sound mixer Um, so he obviously really knows his stuff and he puts in enormous numbers of hours to keep the place going. The station broadcasts 24 hours a day, seven days a week, um, but we only have a few of those hours covered by presenters. Um, there is a distance issue, of course. I drive in 70 kilometres to one way <laughs> to do my two-hour show on a Tuesday. And, um, And uh, so for people to get in and be able to do shows, um, we cover probably only about 20% of our time with presenters.
0: Coming to the radio station requires some commitment. Driving home after dusk can be challenging. Kangaroos often jump out from the bush in front of cars. Vehicle write-offs and driver injury are not uncommon. Priscilla's two-hour-long afternoon show on a Tuesday features songs from the movies and lots of film facts and anecdotes. It's clearly well prepped.
1: The scheduling reflects the interests of the presenters and it's a community radio station so we've got a number of people from all sorts of different backgrounds. So yes, I do film. Um, We have our program coordinator who's a delightful Scotsman, um, presents a couple of jukebox-style programs um, on a couple of mornings a week, and he does a lot of interviews with local identities or people who are visiting. And then we have a great group of young people who present a Friday evening rock mix show which we call Friday Night Riff Raff and, and it's a great show. So it is a really diverse range of shows that people present and the playlist itself reflects the fact that, that our listenership is very broad as well.
0: Well I hope our listeners are not lonesome this morning. Uh, I'm joined this morning and on Linda's show by Gwendon O'Sullivan, A.K.A. Gwenda Cahill. Good morning, uh, Gwenda. Gwenda, can I call you Gwenda or Gwendin? Gwendons. Gwendon. Good morning, Gwendon. Yes, Uh, you've just written a book, I believe, uh, Gwendon. Tell us. uh, Let's go back to the beginning. Tell us about uh, your start in life. Uh,
1: Well, basically, we were a family of nine. We Uh, do have a presenter who does tend to. Uh, give us, local you know, community guess, updates uh, and that is part head. of the role is that we do father, give updates know, in terms of what's going on on the island um, but the we do also China, subscribe COVID-19. to a community radio news service and that news is presented from time to time oh, That appears
0: automatically by satellite or something, does it?
1: Um, yes, it is. It's downloaded um, and, and it's a feed that, that comes through
0: This is ENU New South Australia edition. I'm Arthur Stevens. A man's been arrested after allegedly threatening a customer at a Port Augusta supermarket last night. Senior Constable Rebecca Stokes has more. Fortunately,
1: there were no injuries. Patrols arrived
0: quickly. Outside the times when you've got somebody sitting in the studio presenting a live programme, what goes on the radio?
1: Um, a, a playlist of a really wide variety of music so um, the playlist, part of the playlist is drawn from each of the presenters who present so we get that mix of, of music um, and it's also drawn from a large bank of music. So that it so that it can it can reflect who the people are on the island. Really, we do try and promote ourselves on the island as um, as the other media organisation. There's a small newspaper which um, which reflects community interests and tells community stories but it, it really is the only other media organisation on the island so so we're trying to position ourselves in a way that local businesses in particular see us as a way of getting their message across but also community groups and i think that's beginning to work a lot better now
0: so the the newspaper i've I... I assume it's a commercial entity. It's a for-profit organisation.
1: Yes, it is. It's produced once a week. Um, it's probably the most expensive half a dozen pages you'll buy.
0: <laughs> How much does it cost then?
1: I think it's nearly $2, about $1.70 or something right. like that, and yeah, not very many pages in it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you... You have to put up with that sort of thing because otherwise, it's not viable to be able to present that information in that way. So, how are you funded? Um, we we do rely on some grants from various groups. There is a very strong community broadcasting association in Australia, with good strong branches in each of the states, and so um, a reasonable amount of our funding is through grants. But we also do a lot of uh, legwork in sponsorship. We can't have advertising; it's against the um, against the. Broadcasting Act, Community Broadcasting Act, for us to be able to accept advertising, but we can have sponsors. And so we've undertaken a considerable drive, particularly in the last six months or so, and really made huge strides in that.
0: Do you find it a challenge with the rules about sponsorship? Because I assume that you can say the business's name, but you can't use any pricing or any call-to-action words or phrases in the way you could in a newspaper advert.
1: Um, yes, although it is some of that is is a bit grey. We certainly don't provide any pricing, um, and the announcements are much more general. Um, but we can give some specific information about what services or products the sponsor provides Um, and as you say it's not necessarily we can't necessarily give a call to action but it can be a bit grey as to what that actually means to date we've been fine perennially the problem is money cash flow we are addressing that, and certainly the sponsorship drive has made a big difference because that is a regular source of income. So, so sponsors pay a monthly fee. Um, uh, we we script and voice all of their sponsorship annou- announcements here. So we. We um, charge for that initial service and then there's an ongoing fee to have those announcements played. So that's giving us something of a more stable platform. We fundraise, you know. We get out a big barbecue a couple of times a week and sell sausages and bread and onions and tomato sauce. Really? (laughs) We do. So is
0: that all year round you do that, a couple of times a week?
1: Um, Pretty well. If the weather's terrible... We don't do it, Um, but otherwise, yeah. There is um, a very significant tradition in Australian fundraising called the sausage sizzle. (coughs) There's a very large hardware store which um, always provides a space for charities to be able to set up barbecues outside each one of its franchises. So it's very much um, it's very much the thing in fundraising. I mean, that's <laughs>
0: quite a commitment a couple of times a week for obviously more than one person because you can't really do it on your own. Mm-hmm. So just give me an idea of what you expect of, or, or assume the volunteers are going to do in terms of uh, committing their personal time. How long would they spend looking after the sausage sizzle and how many would be doing it a couple of times a week?
1: Okay, so there are four people involved. Um, there's a regular one at the local supermarket here um, and there are four people involved in that. And they're really required from about um, half eight in the morning through till two thirty, three o'clock. Two of them are presenters, two of them are not, um, and then there's another um, smaller group of two to three who go to a local farmers market on a regular basis and set up there.
0: Do you know how much the sausages are on sale for?
1: Um, look, you know, with a sausage sizzle, there is very much um, a standard pricing. You would, you couldn't possibly um, ask for more than two dollars fifty, and generally. $2. $2 for your slice of bread with a sausage, some onions and tomato sauce. Pretty fair deal, I think.
0: Well, it is, but I'm, t- I'm thinking about how you raise money from that. Are the sausages and bread donated?
1: Um, they're not, but we do get them at a very good price. So we do get them at a discounted price. The bread is donated, um, but the sausages are not. And um, uh, and the onions, are, you know, they're not a significant expense. In, a, in small communities like this one, there are lots of organisations which need to raise funds, um, fire services, ambulances, you know, and, um, and so there's only a finite dollar that you can tap into. Um, so one of the things that we're doing is we're looking at how we can actually connect with some of these other groups and come together to to undertake activities where we can raise more significant funds in a in a in one go rather than more piecemeal as we've been doing in the past. So
0: joining up together with other organisations and then sharing the pot of money that's raised at the end of this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, the island can get a little dull from time to time, <laughs> um, and so you know. What we're looking at is to find some ways in which we can run um, run an event or an activity where we would get a group of people who would be willing to part with some money to buy a ticket to go to it, um, and. And if we bring together a number of organisations, then what we can do is increase the number of people who would attend that. Um, And as you say, yes, we would then divide whatever's raised. This is
0: a a tourism market. You have a lot of visitors coming over here. Do you do things which encourage them to put their hands in their pockets?
1: One of the things that we are looking to do um, is to is to be better connected to the tourism bodies, particularly SA Tourism, so that they can use the station as a means of connecting with tourists. Um, we, we've had a huge influx of Chinese visitors to the island in the last um couple of years and so on one occasion what I did was um, I did a program which was based on music from Chinese films and we got the word out there for people to listen to that and so on and and I think we can do a lot more of that kind of thing where we connect better with tourists but we we haven't really got that together yet
0: have you got some feedback from the community about how they use the radio station how they feel about the radio station?
1: There have been some surveys which have been done in the past and um, and certainly people do know about the station and a lot of people do tune in. Um, I think for most of us presenters, we, um, we're we surprised at the number of people who are actually listening to the programmes. How do you
0: find out then? Do, you, do people stop you in the supermarket?
1: Um, that has happened. <laughs> and... Um, when I run my program, I invite people to contact me on Facebook, on social media, um, or via message of some sort. Um, so I get a bit of an idea of um, people who are listening. But we have anecdotal f- uh, feedback just out and about in the community. People people saying that they're listening and enjoying listening to the station. Um, so aside from that more formal formal survey, we do get that informal feedback.
0: And people can listen to you in the UK, online, through the station website. So what is that web address?
1: That web address is 5kixfm.xyz. And we do also have a Facebook page. So if you look for 5KIXFM 90.7 on Facebook, then you can log in and the, the link to the website is there on the Facebook page. With Kerry Jones.